Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. I'm your host, Stu Greenwood, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris Evans. Hello. And the internet's Tom King. Hello. Why am I the internet's Tom King? Oh, just, you are. You are. <laughs> you're such oh, an internet You're a very internet kind of person. <laughs> I belong to the you're, internet. You're, you're, a, you're a digital man. This week, we are going to probably not trigger any Ferrari fans, because they've been triggered enough by Mercedes um, over the weekend. We'll try. We'll tr- we'll try not to, but um, yeah, we're here to talk about the Russian Grand Prix, and um, I guess shall we get straight into it? Let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's do this. Okay, Why so um, we'll start with qualifying. Um, Mercedes were dominant in qualifying. Um, Bottas taking pole after a Hamilton mistake cost him a shot at pole. Uh, with only four thousandths of a second in between him in the first Q three runs. Um, do you think Hamilton would have taken the pole if he'd not made that mistake? Mm, I still think it was probably always Bottas's, to be honest. Do you reckon? I think so, yeah. yeah. He just seemed... I mean, we we know how good he is around this track. I don't think he's, yeah. he's... He's actually never been off the front row, I believe. Even when he was with Williams, I think he qualified second. Um, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it was always going to be Bottas's day on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think I think it was gonna. If Hamilton had not made this to make made the mistake, um, then it probably would have been very close. Still, I don't think oh, yeah. it would have been a cakewalk for him. No, but um, yeah, it probably was always his. Um, and the Ferraris, the Ferraris qualified four, four and six tenths back. Sorry, in third and fourth, never um, really looked no. like challenging, did they? No, they no. were nowhere near. They were at least like, well, I mean, the whole every session there were a few tenths down. Um, except for, I think one of the practice sessions they were one and two, were they not in the, uh, the start of the weekend? Yeah, I think so. Um, in fact, I think it was I can't which practice session it was was the only one of one of if not the only time Hamilton has topped a uh, session on a Friday all season. Mm. Um, which just goes to show that topping practice sessions doesn't really mean all yeah, that it's much. It's nothing, is it? It's just. It's nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. So they qualified third and fourth. Um, yeah. Where do we think their pace? Where has their pace gone? Do you think? Like, how could they be so slow? Do you think it's tire management? Do you think it's upgrades? What could it be? Well, I don't think they're that slow. I think it's just a Mercedes circuit. Maybe Mercedes have made the gains back that they'd lost more than anything. I think it's more that than Ferrari losing pace. Yeah, I mean, when we were talking earlier on about like potential ways Vettel could still take this title, like this was one of the tracks that we've everyone's always said is this is clearly a track that Mercedes are going to win. Yeah, um, yeah. And they've been Mercedes have really been pushing development even this deep into the season. So yeah, and they do seem to understand their car a heck of a lot better now than what yeah, they definitely. did sort of at the, yeah. at the midway point of the season. Um, so maybe it's not fair to ask where the Ferrari pace has gone. Maybe they, the pace is still there. It's just Mercedes have got finally got their head around the car and it's actually quicker. Yeah, quite possibly. <clears throat> or Mercedes at, have at gained pace those, where Ferrari have failed to. Yeah, at least in those sort of power preference tracks like what Sochi is, Mercedes have kind of got that advantage back, I think, is more than Ferrari losing pace. Mm. So all that talk about the steering wheel nipples and... Um, all that other gubbins is just 
with well backing up a, a what is it, is red herring? Do you think? Well, if if they're there to aid the starts, then I think they still did their job because Vettel did have yeah the lightning start, didn't he? Yeah, we'll get, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that though. Um, Red Bulls both received engine penalties um, with Ricardo starting 18th and Verstappen starting 19th. Uh, also, the Toro Rossos and the McLarens both had engine penalties. So this meant that many teams opted not to run proper during Q2. Specifically, Renault didn't run at all during Q2. No yeah, one did. Ho- <laughs> well... <clears throat> 10, 10 cars ran in Q2, which yeah. went through to the top 10. Yeah. Which which means we had five cars didn't bother running, which were the five eliminated. So yeah. basically the entire session was a complete waste of time. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, um, was it USA 2006 or 2005, where there was that issue with tyres and a chicane and... People. Yeah, it was 2006. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it smacked of that a little bit, just in the farcical. <laughs> it really sort of did, yeah. Of it. It's like, like people are paying to be there. Yeah, and there's um, half the cars in the session aren't bothering to go out. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not very good, is it? It's not a good advert for going to a racetrack and watching. Not really, especially on a Saturday when, like, you know, less people are going to be there on a Saturday, so it's less reason to to go because you're not actually watching them race, are you? No. I mean, you can understand it almost from a Red Bull and from Gasly's point of view because they knew they were starting on the back row regardless. But for Renault to not bother either because they... And again, I guess these are probably the regulations. They'd rather start uh, 11th and 12th and get a free choice of tyres than be 8th and 9th and force to start on the tyres that they qualified on. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a strategic thing, isn't it? More than yeah. anything. Yeah. So do you think they should be allowed to use... Do you think everyone should be allowed to use whatever tyres they want? Do you think there's a problem with this Q2 rule of forcing you to use the tyres that you're running on Q2? If I you think get free, If you get so. through to the top 10. It's... I don't know. I guess it makes things more interesting for the people at the front, but as has been said lots of times, it does mean that 11th and 12th are probably better places to start than 9th or 10th. It, yeah. It's yeah. sort of... Maybe it's a product of us having like a inadvertently having a two tier Formula One. Yeah, you know? probably. So if like, you're all that best of the rest, you're actually at a bit of a disadvantage. Yeah. yeah. It also depends on the circuit and tire combination, I think, as well, because True. it's not like it happens every weekend and it's just a scenario where you go into a track at a period it's not been raced at for a couple of seasons like it's been earlier in the season so the the weather and the climate is potentially different the different tires anyway and i think just a number of factors mean people were maybe caught out by the tires that they chose to take and mm. that yeah, then plays more into can we eat something out of strategy by in intentionally qualifying lower than where we might do if we participated hmm. yeah mm. And not only that, the, yeah. the the penalties for the t- for those teams as well kind of stirred up the sort of perfect storm, didn't it, for that to happen? I guess. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a bit of a shame that for Q two, but Q three was a bit of a showstopper, wasn't it? In terms of, you know, who out of the two Mercedes was going to get pole? Um, yeah. I, I wonder where the Red Bulls would have got in qualifying because they were looking quick and Verstappen was so rapid in the race as well. They were looking really quick. Yeah. Do you think they would have qualified ahead of the Ferraris? It would have been 
how did they do in Q1? Um, 33-0 was Verstappen. Yeah, Verstappen was ahead of both Ferraris in Q1. Yeah. So <clears throat> then again, Ferraris found the best, the thick end of two seconds between Q1 and Q3 by the looks of it. So yeah, exactly. Mm. They sort of they knocked a couple of seconds off that time from Verstappen. So you, it's difficult to tell. It's hard to say, um, but I think Verstappen at least would have been well up there. I think. Mm. Yeah, it'd have been in the mix. I'd have thought, given three qualifying sessions. Yeah, I, th- I think he would have been there or thereabouts. I think he could have maybe got himself in between two Ferraris. I don't know if he would Quite have possibly. Beat, beaten the Ferraris wholesale, but certainly would have had a shout at getting in between the two. Yeah, um, yeah. so um, in Red Bull's absence in Q3, um, Magnussen and Ocon made to fifth and sixth, and with Leclerc qualifying seventh, having never competed at the circuit before this weekend. Not so, bad, is it? Not bad. Vindication for Ferrari for hiring him next mm. season. Um, um, yeah, he looks so quick. It was also nice to have... I mean, it just shows how close that midfield is that 5th, 6th and 7th on the grid were three different teams. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes me feel like if the top if the top three teams weren't in it, that this championship would be just wide open, wouldn't it? It'd be, It'd so, be mad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. It'd be bonkers. There is someone online actually keeping track of the Tier 2 Championship and awarding them points <laughs> as they finished ignoring the Ferraris, Red Bulls and Mercedes. That's a good idea. I'd like yeah. to see that. We'll have to link to that. Um, I'll have to try and track it down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's sort of that's the top 10 in qualifying sort of covered. Um, it was... You know, it, it was it was kind of qualifying did end kind of how we expected it, I guess. Um, it it was made a little bit interesting by Red Bull being there, but it was sort of, you know, par for the course, really, wasn't it? As you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that leads us onto the race proper, um, and it was a pretty intense start off the line, uh, with a clean getaway from Bottas and a slightly slower getaway from Hamilton. It looked like he sort of the second phase of the start. Got to be a wheel spin, I think, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it looked like it, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. And there was a lot of smoke coming out of it as well from the yeah. from his wheel spinning. Um, well, he'd been leaking oil all over the grid in the lead up to the race. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, and of course, that allowed Vettel to temporarily just to get a nose ahead of him um, across the apex of turn one. But um, when ha- when Bottas moved over, sort of to the right to take the apex himself, Hamilton got like quite a nice slipstream from him. And um, they that was that was planned. Do you reckon? I think, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I think, I think they they definitely will have discussed that before the race. Like, if we get away, normally and in order, Bottas will swipe across to the right because the, the line into turn one is the left hand side, but he went clean to the right hand side of the track, which gave Hamilton the toe he needed to stay ahead yeah, of Vettel. I suppose he didn't. He didn't have to stay to the because he sort of went. He went and took the apex and then just stuck to the curb, didn't he? Kind of. He stayed over. On Pretty the much, yeah. yeah. And he only sort um, of went back to the left. To, like you say, to take the line into the corner, but yeah, yeah they yeah. they definitely will have discussed that beforehand. I think. Yeah, um, Hamilton sort of sharked him a little bit because he was trying to get around the outside, wasn't he, into turn two? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, which which he was, you know, could could have got it. I think if he'd be, if he'd been a bit, um, if he had a better start, I reckon he might have had that turn into turn. Yeah, two, quite but, possibly. But I mean, I don't know if you saw the F two races, but. The people starting sort of second, third, fourth, fifth were arriving at turn one 
colossally faster than the guys on the front row. Yeah, that drags ridiculous from. Yeah, it really is. It's the way, it's the way you've got that sweeping first turn, isn't it? And it's, so it ends up being quite a long run into turn two, and mm. in a race start, turn one's just a non well through most of the race turn one's a non-event isn't it it's yeah it's part of the straight in these cars yeah, yeah. it's it's just a, it is a straight isn't it yeah. what um what i did find interesting about it was just how strong the the toe is how strong yeah. the slipstream is it really kind of made was. me think twice about when vettel got the toe on hamilton uh, um in Belgium, it, yeah, because we were all saying how powerful the Ferrari must be to have to have done what he did the way he did it. But actually, the downforce is so high on these cars that when you are in a long straight yeah. like that, they must punch such a big hole in the air that it makes it then, much easier to get close. Although, don't forget that Spa is up in the mountains, whereas Sochi is basically at sea level. So, yes, the air is a lot thicker to be cutting your way through. So, the slipstream is always going to have more of an effect at a lower altitude circuit yeah that is very true. very true chris very true it's so so close to sea level that it's actually you can see the sea yeah from, it might as well be from in the it. track it might as well be <laughs> in the sea um don't don't let bernie hear you say that he'll start getting <laughs> yeah yeah underwater f1 <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah that was that was the run down to turn two um further down leclerc made a race defining move um, on Magnussen on the next lap uh, to take fifth around the outside of turn three. And what a move! Fantastic yeah. move. Yeah. More, of in- more of indication for Ferrari for hiring him next season. Oh, it, that, he's so good. Yeah, I've. Like, I, it's, a, it's been a while since I've seen a move as as sort of elbows out, kind of yeah. balls to the wall as that. It's a really like good the, one. There are a few people kind of were throughout the race made passes into turn four where they'd been like lurking sort of slightly around the outside of turn three and then made the dive into four but this was like properly alongside all the way through yeah. the race of turn three it was and it just really made me smile seeing for a good few laps at the start it was like Bottas, Hamilton, Vettel, Raikkonen, Leclerc like he was the next one down yeah. from the top four which is just so cool to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah really cool. In I'm so Sauber, excited to see him next season. I am. I like it's, it's a shame the Sauber's not sort of quicker, isn't it? Really, because he could be yeah. totally dueling with. Like, he, he's so ready to be dueling it at the top. It, I mean, ah. it's it's the quickest the Sauber's been in a good many years. But yeah, that's true. And um, Ericsson was obviously much much further down um, at that stage as well. He was probably about seven or eight places further back, I think. Um, yeah, it must have been at that point. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah, so maybe not seven, maybe four or five then. Um, yeah, just shows you the differential between those two drivers as well in yeah. the same car. Um, Verstappen. Verstappen had a great start as well. Um, the car ahead of him had a terrible start, and he managed to whip around that really quick. He was started 19th on the grid, and he was 11th by the end of lap two. <laughs> Yeah, he was seventh by lap five, I think it was as well. Yeah, it was it was fifth by lap eight. Yeah, <laughs> ludicrous, L- absolutely ludicrous. That, and it just shows you how quick that car was. That's what makes me think they would he would have been mixing it with the Ferraris in quality. Yeah, quite possibly such a good car. And of course, they would have tuned the car for the race and for 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 following rather than for outright qualifying speed, yeah. didn't they? 
Yeah, totally. Um, I think I heard somebody saying Red Bull were a little bit worried that he was taking too much out of the tyres in that opening sort of well, stint. Yeah, but... you would be, wouldn't you? <laughs> like when he's but, I mean, 19th to 5th in 8 laps, then yeah. Try, you try telling him to to back off a little bit. Like, yeah, He's not going to pay a jot of attention to you, is he? No. No, and I don't know if you guys have watched it, but there's a video on uh, of the onboard yeah. on the F1 website, <laughs> yeah. um, and you see his opening three laps, and he is just hunting people down, isn't he? Like it's like watching Senna at Donington like years ago. When it and rained. it's not it's not just down the straight either. Like we've seen a few like drives from towards the back throughout this season, and a lot of the time it's just scything past people on the straight on a DRS. But like he was just passing people at whatever corner he happened to catch <laughs> yeah, them up. Yeah, he was doing it for laughs. Pretty much. I mean, he won drive of the day on lap one, basically, didn't he? Yeah, pretty pretty much. I mean, to get by that many people in one lap, like just his yeah. running to turn one was crazy. Like he, it was just, it reminded me of Alonso in Valencia years ago. When, can you remember when Alonso just went straight down the outside of about four or five cars? Just, yeah, just into turn one. He was, his positioning was spot on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's up there with one of the best overtaking drives I think I've ever seen. Because every, every opportunity, he wasn't even giving him a chance. I'm sure, like they weren't really fighting him properly because they obviously a Red Bull comes up behind you. You're in a half. Yeah, that helps. You know, you know, you beat really, don't you? But still, like for him to have been so decisive about each move and and incisive in the way he he pulled each one off. Yeah, then, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant driving. Great. If you do get a chance, audience, to watch it then get yourself to the F1 website and check out that video because it is a sight to behold. Yeah. Um, anyone else got anything to add on that bit? Not really. <laughs> Said all we can, I think. It's, it was just brilliant. <laughs> it was just brilliant. Um, okay, so the next thing to happen was the Toro Rosso's. I don't know if it was lap four or lap six, but um, uh, overheating brake issue locked up the real locked up their rears and spun both cars on the exact same lap yeah um i think it was lap two when they both spun but they eventually retired the cars a couple of laps later it was either lap six or lap four um they've both had new engines in them this weekend and i i just wonder if it's anything to do with the engine braking on the car and the hybrid system yeah so i was gonna say well they ended up with purely rear braking which is what caused the locks so i guess there's a potential it could be because they're all fly by wire now aren't they they're all electronic yeah so there's a chance that it could have been an issue with that side of things as well if it's if it's Mm. misproportioning the amount of braking balance yeah i did read um a little bit before we start recording that um honda weighing up whether to keep these new engines in for their home race in japan um so they're obviously concerned that they're gonna have similar issues again i guess yeah, yeah. Really, would, it was would, really weird, though. It um, would hint that it's maybe an engine thing if if they're thinking that. Yeah, it might not be worth risking them in Japan um, because ultimately they want points finishers at that race, don't they? Decent points finishers if they can. Yes, especially so. when they're the title sponsor of the race next weekend yeah. as well. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, the Honda um, Japanese Grand Prix. That's that's unusual, isn't it? It's not going to be a good look if they're both. Uh, Lock up and spin off into the gravel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, live by the sword, die by the sword (laughs) sponsorship, isn't it? Um, (laughs) They reckon that the Honda is quicker than the Renault now. Um, I feel like they've said that every few months for the last two seasons. Yeah, 
I'm not, I, I, I mean, I believe it next year when I see the Red Bull going faster. Yeah, definitely. Renault, you know? Um, yeah, I don't... Is it... Would it be quicker than the Spec C Renault that no one's run? I don't know. I don't know what their yardstick is for saying that. Like, yeah. I, I just can't imagine that Red Bull this season going any quicker with a Honda in the back of it than no. it does at the moment. No, me neither. Yeah, and they've not. Re- they didn't really show anything in practice over the weekend that hinted that they might be particularly quicker than it either. In all honesty, so although um, I suppose Gasly out qualified both of them, didn't he? But then nobody ran in Q two. Yeah, no, so. no yeah. Q two, and they both can't read uh, anything from qualifying this weekend. Both had engine penalties anyway, as well, so they wouldn't have been like, you know. Yeah, it'd just been good to see well. where they were on raw pace, but. Like because they never then yeah. ran in Q two once. Well, Gasly never ran in Q two once he got into it. Neither did the Renaults. So it's that's all null and void as well. Really, it was just almost qualifying for the sake of appearing and meeting the whatever yeah. it is one hundred seven percent quota. Hmm. Um, yeah. So so that's that's the Hondas. <laughs> yeah. Not much more you can say about them. I don't think. No, it's just no. literally, I can't really, yeah, I don't want to sort of, you know, do them down too much, to be honest. I feel like every episode we have a go at them. <laughs> um, Ferrari, Ferrari gave us a bit of a race by giving Vettel the undercut on Hamilton. Um, for once, a sensible bit of strategy from Ferrari. Yeah, nailed good, the strategy. Well played. Effect. Very well played. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that meant we got some rare wheel-to-wheel racing between Hamilton and Vettel, which was very exciting to see. Just before we do move on to that, the the other side of that sort of strategy that got Vettel ahead was that Hamilton didn't pit on the same lap as Vettel, which I think would have been expected. Um, or because because I think it was was it Bottas pitted, then Vettel the lap after, then Hamilton the lap after that, I believe. Yeah, yes, because um, they played right lap from, or two after. From memory of Team Radio, I remember I think they played Kimi off against. Lewis in the end because I'm sure I heard them say to Kimmy do the opposite to Lewis and that was at the point where Kimmy re- replied with I can't even see him so how am I supposed like, how <laughs> yeah. am I supposed to do that I can't see him <laughs> so um, but did you also see that Toto Wolf said he is taking responsibility for that strategic mistake because he was talking to their lead strategist at the point where he should have been making the decision to call Hamilton in yes yeah wow. distract- which seems bizarre well it's it's one of those things i mean it's a race situation isn't it like you can't have you can't have eyes on the ball 100 percent of the time when you're trying to manage two drivers um i suppose that's why you have a chief strategist and other strategists to sort of raise these issues they ought to be someone tapping on their shoulder saying we need to pit them right now yeah we need a decision especially a one-stop race yeah but um yeah, it all sort of came to not nothing, but it. I mean, it's, it was a good thing, really. It's, I quite like that that they slipped up a little bit because it did give oh, yes, us totally. something that we very rarely see, and that is those two going wheel to wheel. Um, and I've got to say, guys, Hamilton absolutely made mincemeat out of him. Didn't take long, did it? No. Yeah. They, there was they, the oh look, Mercedes have balls up. We had Hamilton on the radio saying, "How has this happened?" And then literally a lap later, he just. Barged his way past. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. normal um, service was resumed. Yeah, bit of iffy defending from Vettel, would you say? Um, it was 
yeah, fingers have been pointed at other drivers for similar, haven't they? So, mm. yeah, it it felt like two moves to me. Yeah, um, it felt Charlie, like two moves, and particularly a move in the braking zone. Yeah, well, Charlie said he he saw it as a move, a hesitation, then a continuation of the original move. <laughs> that's mm. <laughs> that's a stretch, but yeah, <laughs> like. Pe- people have been penalised for similar, but people have also got away with similar. So it is really tough to call. Um, but yeah. I think I think maybe had Lewis ended up stuck behind him a little longer, it would have maybe maybe gone a slightly different way. It's one of those, isn't it, where it all comes down to the circumstance that he got by yeah. anyway, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's kind of a grey area, isn't it? it as is. well, because like, it it didn't actually change direction. So you, no, I, I'd be hard pressed to say. And I think you know what else I think. I think the cam, the way the camera was moving, made it look a lot worse than what it actually was. Yeah, I've seen a sort of um, like stabilized version of it where someone's taken the footage and kind of taken out the camera movement, and from that, it does look more like a single move that's kind of in two parts like it's not like he completely straightens up and then moves a second time yeah. it's more of like a move like eases off a bit and then carries on steering mm-hmm. um i mean i think if hamilton had slammed into the back of him which easily could have happened then all the fingers would have been pointed to vettel in that situation yeah, but absolutely um it, it, and the way he ran him i mean you're supposed to leave the car's width yeah between there is that. you and the wall and mm-hmm. he didn't do that either. no and that that to me that's that was worse it's 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 more it's not so much the two moves it's more that he didn't leave him space and he when they're going like the speeds they're going at into that corner that's super super dangerous well, that. it reminded me of what Schumacher did to Barrichello in uh, in Hungary back in back in I think a little bit yeah I but... think that's <clears throat> the most questionable bit about it I agree with you yes, dude, the fact that there wasn't quite enough room on that on that side once it finished moving across and that's i i'm with you i agree that that's the sort of bit that bothers me most about it as well in the sense that the i don't think the move across was that aggressive uh which is why i don't think it was worthy of penalty but not leaving enough room and there being a a wall right next to it with no runoff is that's the questionable bit for me yeah yeah, so <clears throat> I did enjoy what Vettel said about the actual move that Hamilton put on him as well. Because I thought at the time he seemed to, the sort of through turn three into four when Hamilton actually got past, Vettel seemed to make it quite easy for him. But Vettel said afterwards that he basically couldn't see where Hamilton was, um, mm. which I guess is a problem with the crappy mirrors they have. Um, but he said, uh, I knew he was somewhere there. I didn't want to be a complete arse by pushing him into the dirt and potentially into the wall. So, I wasn't, uh, so at some point I had to give in. <laughs> Which I quite like. Yeah, so he's yeah, perfectly happy to be an arse and nearly put him into the wall in the main straight. But when it comes to turn three, he's like, no, that's enough. Yeah, just, I've already been an arse. I don't want to be a yeah. complete arse. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, I mean, that yeah, that was that then, wasn't it? So it, it, the conclusion there is Vettel is an arse, but not a complete arse. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're saying? Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we move on to the elephant in the room. If, if, yes. you're ready, if you're ready for that. Are you ready for that? You sound like you had something else to say, Chris. No, not at all. Go for it. Okay. So the elephant in the room, the Mercedes order to Bottas to let Hamilton through. Now, was it necessary, first of all? 
uh, Chris, tell me, was it was it necessary? <laughs> what do you, you think? put me straight on the spot? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was from Mercedes' point of view, it was one hundred percent the right thing to do. Like, but believe it or not, Hamilton was having issues with his tires. Vettel was right on his tail. You put him ahead. You use Bottas in between them. Yes, it's only given him a few more points to the championship. He's now got like what a fifty-point lead. Yep. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if they didn't do that, if we get to the end of the season and Hamilton loses the championship by those additional what seven points, mm-hmm. they'll look utterly stupid. All that being said, I hate that they did it because it just completely deflated what that to that point have been pretty decent race certainly the best russian grand prix we've had probably ever and there were so many exciting positive things to talk about in that race you know we had leclerc doing amazingly in that overtake we had um, verstappen fighting through the field we had hamilton and vettel actually battling on track no one's talking about any of that now all anyone's talking about is this negative thing that happened at the end i mean the whole interviews and podium at the end were just awkward and horrible like nobody celebrating it's it was what i can 100 see why mercedes did it and it was probably the right thing to do but i also completely hate that it happened and wish it it wasn't the case did you see the really pointed squirt of champagne in the face that the uh, engineer got from bottas (laughs) I didn't see that, no. He was literally eyeballing him while he was squirting him in the face. You should have seen the look on his face. He just like, look, really, you've cost me this race. Have some champagne in your eyes, you ass. (laughs) Tom, what do you think? What do you was it? Do you reckon it was necessary? We all know my opinion on team orders because I've mentioned it many times. I don't like them. I the the thing the thing is like when it's. I just I don't like the fact that Bottas has been effectively taken a win away, um, and yeah. it comes down to if Lewis did win the title by those seven points, then I don't. It's not it's not justifying the the move enough for me because if Bottas now finishes the season with no wins, that's to me unfair to Bottas because Bottas fully deserved that because he was the driver on point um, and yeah maybe Lewis would have caught him up and taken it on track like um, like fair and square and I understand not wanting them to risk the two cars coming together but I think just the way it was done was the worst bit of it all, like Bottas up, almost grinding to a halt going into turn 13 or whatever it was to let him pass. At least if Hamilton had caught him a little better on track and it was just a, please don't fight it if he can... You know, he had to earn it. It's a very... Like, yeah. don't fight him, Valtteri, is much better than slow down and let him pass Valtteri. And I think there's a significant difference when it comes to team yeah. orders. And that's the bit about it that I'm, I really don't like is the let him pass yeah i think i'm with you there i f- I, I can't i feel like i feel like it at this point in the season with the lead they and hamilton have and and the advantage they've had in this race particularly and that advantage doesn't look like it's going anywhere soon i think they probably i mean they never would this would never happen but i think they could have got away with letting them race and i think they're two smart enough drivers that they wouldn't 
but they wouldn't have taken each other out. Bottas had always roll over for him. And I think the fact the that Bottas gave up the position with very little argument when they told him to do so is testament to that. The fact that if they were racing and it was don't fight hard, but you know, don't hold him up at the same time, kind of you know, you know what I mean? Like we're not gonna tell you to move, but don't make things difficult and ruin it, you know, a one two. Mm. That's why you know you can trust him in those sort of scenarios, I think, because yeah. he's proven he can go wheel to wheel with people before. And I think it's with Bottas, it's much less of a risk than the experiences they had with Hamilton and Rosberg, because they were the only two fighting for the championship at the time. And it was it was a very different scenario as when they were telling them not to fight, because neither of them did want to give up the fight. Did they realistically not not to the same degree that I think Valtteri would if he was told, you know, don't hold him up, which is I think very different to let him pass. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel also like Mercedes are sort of use have used this as a way of cementing the advantage they've got over Ferrari as well. There, it's kind of like driving the the dagger further into the heart of, of Vettel's championship and of of Ferrari's sort of constructors championship hopes you know that it shows Ferrari that they're willing to do anything to yeah to beat them. there is that yeah. it sends a message doesn't it like the, yeah. the fact that you know if we have to we will um because yeah they've, they've, they've always said that they're not very keen on doing it um and I think that it was evident to a degree that as a team they they felt basically they felt bad for Valtteri, and I think that came across quite a lot in a lot of the the team um, attitude after the race or whatever the the mood after the race mm. was quite evident that they they all felt pretty bad that they'd taken a win away from Valtteri, but they obviously don't mind enough that they went ahead and did it anyway. Is well, that's the key it because thing. they're, they're yeah. They're, the team is number one, isn't it, to Mercedes? Always, yeah. mm-hmm. always will be. Every team, you know, the team is is number one. It's it's a real quandary for me because I, I I'm part of me this season is quite enjoying this sort of you know this wrestling match between the two. And there's been a real struggle first half of the season, a real power struggle between the two teams for dominance and. Ferrari were quite, you know, been. There's been a few occasions where Ferrari have been a bit bullish and a bit cocky, and it's come back and it's bitten them in the uh, in the backside now. And and they're sort of the, the the chickens are coming home to roost in a way because they've they've been all sort of brash and and obnoxious about having a better car, and they've pushed the limits sort of over the line as well in places in development of the car, and now. That, you know they're still not winning. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and, difficult though because we we criticised Ferrari after the German Grand Prix for when they needed Vettel to be ahead of Raikkonen. They like faffed around for a couple of laps, not being decisive and making a decision. And in the end, Kimi was the one that said, "Just tell me if you want me to let him past." And that was arguably a factor that led to um, Vettel making the mistake that put him out of the race. So. It, you know, whereas obviously now Mercedes made a decisive thing and people don't like it. And I think as long as team orders are part of F1 and they're always going to be, yeah, yeah, 
then this stuff's going to happen. Because, you, I mean, they outlawed them for a while, and what difference did it make? Yeah, it yeah. no difference. Absolutely nothing. Just, there's, there's so many smart people, they just find a way around it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to be fair, like, they never came down hard enough on them for breaking that rule either when they did enforce it. Like, no, not it's at all. It's so just obvious the... that they were breaking that rule and they just never did anything about it anyway. I think that there are a couple of... I think the the Fernando is faster than you got Ferrari a fine, I think, but no, like, no sporting penalty. Um, yeah. So and then after that, they just ditched the ban anyway because it it's obviously completely unenforceable. Yeah. Um, it's. So, I just feel so sorry for Bottas, though. Like he was, yeah, he was far and away the best driver this weekend, and he's got yet another second place trophy to show for it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay, I can. Yeah, he was always. He was always going to win that race. Was he though? I think if they would race him, I don't know if he would win it. But I don't think Hamilton could get close enough to have a go. He'd been behind him for a while. He'd, he'd apparently got blistering on his tires. He, Hamilton was never going to push those tires to try and pass Bottas because no. all he's going to do then is wreck his tires yeah. and then uh, you know Vettel's going to get Vettel by would get him, yeah, which is yeah. exactly why Mercedes made this decision which is yeah. why as I say I completely yeah. understand it and it was from Mercedes point of view it was entirely the correct thing to do it yeah. just it's sucks it's logic isn't it yeah. it's just logic yeah. it just sucks for the Absolutely audience it's, like, it's not great and there's nothing there's literally nothing you can do about it it is what it is that's that's Formula One racing. Until you've got sort of, until you split the teams in half and have two different management structures for each half of the team, <laughs> yeah. Then and even then, you're still going to have a boss of the entire team who's going to conduct them and you know and control the puppet show. So, yeah. It's and just, there's no solution. There isn't a solution. I don't think. No. And there's you know obviously people saying well maybe Hamilton will give Bottas a win back later in the year when um once he's wrapped the title up but actually there was in let me just quickly look at our inbox yeah Emmett Nugent um, said that was an anticlimax great race till Bottas got robbed by his own team uh, unnecessary um, I get the first changeover but Lewis should give it back at the end what will they do when Lewis has won the championship hand Bottas a win he hasn't earned like a participation prize and but I totally agree with that like the feeling of you winning a race and knowing you were the fastest man out there and earning it must be amazing. And then imagine just like yes to Abu Dhabi and three laps from the end, Hamilton pulls over and lets you buy. Like, okay, it's a win, but like Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's not true. it's just not the same, yeah. is it? And it's it's yeah. exactly the same way that, you know, Lewis is gonna take the extra seven points, he's gonna take the twenty five points, as is evident by the fact that he took the position when he was told he could have it. Yeah. But even he didn't feel comfortable saying he'd won that race. No, you could see. And, like, jokes aside and everything about it, but he he genuinely did feel like Bottas deserved that first place trophy more than, it, more than him. But it feels as good a gesture as it probably feels for Lewis to make that to someone like Bottas, it's always going to be empty because... If any, like I said before, if anybody was sort of that bothered about the way Bottas felt about it, they wouldn't have taken the win from him and they've made Lewis fight a little more for it. And I don't think Bottas would have been anywhere near as fussed with the whole, um, you know, like don't fight too hard thing. I, I still stand by the fact that if he'd have been actually overtaken, but just told, like, kind of don't race too hard, he'd have probably been a lot 
happier with that because he'd have known he was beaten by Lewis, who was at the time quicker than him. Um, and yeah. I don't think he, he feels they... like he got a chance to, to prove no. that in this scenario. They could have, could have avoided all of this by doing what Ferrari have done multiple times this year, which was just pit Hamilton first, give him yeah. a couple of laps to go faster. Then by the time Bottas and Vettel pit, Hamilton will be in the lead. But that's um, too risky because you're risking Bottas' race behind the Ferraris there. The Ferraris are too close for him to do that. Well, well, you, you, all you do is you pit Hamilton, give him, give him one lap, because Vettel's obviously going to pit on the next lap regardless. So you just pit Bottas at the same time as Vettel. Odds are Bottas is still going to come out ahead of Vettel and Hamilton may well have done the undercut by that yeah. point. And, you know, obviously people still be criticised that and it's really easy yeah. then to just say, well, Hamilton's our dog in the race. We're going to give him the pit advantage. Like, You know what? Yeah, I think I prefer... I still think I prefer it this way to what I to the Ferrari way, which is let's sabotage the number two driver's race just so number one wins. Because that's how it feels like they did. That's what it feels like they did in Germany. I think this at least Mercedes yeah. have been upfront about it and open and just admitted to it. You know, and at least when Mercedes do it, their quote unquote number two driver comes second and not like fourth or fifth. Yeah, because exactly. they've been used as a exactly. roadblock. And and that and that's why I say sabotaging the race because that's what that's what happens to Raikkonen. It feels like he 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 doesn't just lose one position to Vettel to let Vettel through. He seems to be put into unwinnable situations. And and places on track where he just can't make a difference in the race. It's like they have two. It's almost like they have two drivers that are independent of each other inside the team, and they're not a complete team. Whereas yeah. Mercedes are a complete team, including the drivers, and that you know is probably why Ferrari aren't leading this championship because they're not they're not being upfront about it. They're trying to be. They're doing the typical Ferrari thing of trying to say one thing is the case when actually everyone can see something different is the case. Yeah, try, try and not be obvious about it, even though it is still obvious. It's yeah. It's like wear like your heart on your sleeve. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you both uh, two questions. Uh, first what? question is if uh, if um, if Rosberg was still in the car and the situ- the point situation was the same, would this still have happened? Or do you think... No, because Rosberg, Rosberg would have argued the toss over the radio for at least four laps before doing anything about it. Yeah, totally. I think most of the drivers would have argued for a few laps, in fact. Yeah. Okay, so that's a resounding no. I agree. I don't think it would have happened either. Um, and final question about it. Should they have switched back at the end? Uh, it defeats the point of why they were doing it, though, doesn't it? They, they weren't they weren't doing it of let Lewis see if he can stretch his legs. They were doing it because Lewis has to win this race for for the points. So, yeah, w- whether we say they should have or not, I don't think they that was ever the intention. It's not like what we saw at Force India with the let Perez have a go. If you can't get past him, you can have the yeah. place back. Yeah, which is a different scenario. Yeah. So, and I think I it would have been too dangerous anyway because Vettel was so close to the back of them both. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm with you both. I, 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 I mean, it, at the time, uh, in the moment, I thought it would have been a nice gesture for him to switch him back. But then, obviously, post race, it becomes clear that they're doing it for the points and not necessarily for the situation on track. Yeah, um, yeah. But you have just led me really, really nicely onto the next thing that I was going to talk about, which is the Force Indias that were held up by Magnussen for basically the rest of the race it all settled down after this um 
after our elephant in the room, it all it all just seemed to sort of tail off, didn't it? It was only halfway through the race. Yeah. And uh, we got a bit of a so not I wouldn't say it was dull, but it's definitely because you know there was other other things that we'll get to, but like definitely there was a like like Chris said, it was just a very deflated race after that. Yeah. Um. So the Force Indies were held up by Magnuson. Um. They were both given a pop at him, and well done, Magnuson, for soaking up the pressure despite making some pretty yeah totally. I'm going to say quote unquote strong <laughs> defensive <laughs> moves. Um, as he does. But um, he didn't see. Uh, did he get any penalties, Magnuson, for any of these moves? Nah, I, I don't even think he got investigated. To be no. honest, there was was it? I didn't see anything. Was it Magnuson with Science where Science got ran out a bit wide? Yeah, was I think Magnuson? it was. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah, that that I mean that was no different from what happened at the start with Hamilton and Vettel. No. Science just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I thought, and it's not. There's plenty of runoff. Yeah. So yeah. It's not like it was in a dangerous situation, particularly dangerous situation. Um, yeah, so that was that. That was the Force Indias. Um, must have been a frustrating race for both of those. And then the next bit of sort of potential action was Verstappen. It looked like he, for a while, it looked like he might go on the hypers and, and have a pop at Kimi. But um, it wasn't to be. He put on ultras uh, with ten, about 10 laps to go and settled for fifth, turned the engine down. And that was that. Yeah. Even that's climax, really, wasn't it? Yeah, massive anti climax. So we had uh, Hamilton first, Bottas second, Vettel third. Uh, and a 50-point gap now in the lead to the championship. So my next question to you two is, is the season over already? No. Yeah, no. in this sport, no. Um, we got five races to go. Yeah, 125 points left on the table. Yeah. 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 Um. One retirement, one retirement for Hamilton, <laughs> and it's very much alive again. Two retirements for Hamilton, and it's completely back on. Yeah, um, yeah, but we're relying. You on, never know. We're relying on you know Ferrari keeping their strategies in order and Vettel keeping his head in the game, aren't we? At this stage, oh yeah, there's a lot of ifs, and we're relying on Hamilton having two retirements. And Bottas, yeah. and, and we're relying on Bottas not turning it on and putting himself in the mix because he's been firmly. I mean, he's actually third in the championship now after that race, but he's been fourth for a long time in the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. I mean, it's it's looking very, very, very good for Hamilton, but it's not. It's not over till it's over. I don't think. Yeah. Cool. And um, so that's that. That's the race. Yeah, it wasn't a bad one. Yeah. It wasn't a bad race, was good it? For overall? Russia. Yes, well, uh, thank you, Russia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Yeah. Thank was it thank you, Sochi. Is that um, what it was? Thank you, Sochi. No, oh, I think God, it was yeah. Russia. Was it Sochi or Russia? Yeah, well done, well done, Russia. That's what. We're <laughs> well done, Baku. Well done, well done, <laughs> well done, well done Baku. Thank you, Russia. Is it well done, Russia? Thank you, Baku. Whatevs. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, racing teams. Um, um, driver of the day. Who's your driver of the day? I don't even need to look at the official results to know it was Verstappen. Um, it was Verstappen was the official one, correct? By a bit of a it's mile. hard to look past Verstappen, isn't it? Oh, not Leclerc. You don't think Leclerc uh, he was the rest? He was also very, very, very good. Um, where did he actually finish in the end? Finished seventh. seventh, yeah. Qualified seventh, finished seventh. Okay, yes, he was best of the rest. Um, 
Yeah. Partly wants to give it to Bottas just so he gets something, but um, <laughs> I don't think the back of the grid driver of the day award is going to quite suffice in this instance. <laughs> I think you're underselling us. Um, <laughs> Ashley Leclerc, Leclerc is probably a good shout, actually. I think Leclerc. I think early on, like for me, it's Leclerc because he's in an inferior car. In, fe- in theory, an inferior car. Um, that's that's I don't terrible. Have any theory about it. It's definitely inferior. Yeah, and he's done a lot with a little. Any, you know, he finished on the lead lap as well. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive in itself. Yeah, yeah, in a Sauber, and in you, you don't. You only have to look back a year and look where Sauber were, and you know they were nowhere. So yeah, to be best of the rest. If we go back to that um, that theoretical championship that doesn't include the top three teams, he would have won the race. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> especially when his teammate was down in thirteenth, he really shows what he's doing with that car. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can go with him. Yeah, I think that that's that's one of the reasons why I I'm with Leclerc for driver yeah. of the day. For um, me. I want to just say one a quick word about Ricardo because it feels weird to not mention him. He finished sixth from eighteenth um, on the grid, so he was overtaken by his teammate off the line. He was yeah. overtaken by his teammate. Um, and he got he picked up damage, which actually hit Gasly's um, helmet. It oh, bounced off his visor. Yes, bounced off did. his visor. Gasly thought it was Gasly thought it was going to come through the visor. If he'd been going much quicker, it could have. But um, yeah, it was a really really scary moment for him. It actually came through the the gap in the halo and hit the helmet, which is a bit scary. Um, but Ricardo eventually finished sixth, and I think to finish sixth, considering that he had a damaged car for much of the race because he's on the alternate strategy and pitted quite late on, um, that's a that's a bit of a result in of itself. So I want to give an honourable mention to uh, Ricardo. Yep. You could also argue that that just shows more than ever the two tier championship we have. But uh... <laughs> yes, yeah, true. You could. You could. Um, yeah. So that's that uh, move of the day. Leclerc around turn three, sure. Um, it has to be, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was um, a mighty move, wasn't it? I mean, Hamilton on Vettel was was impressive and decisive. It was practically the same move. Not nowhere near as good as Leclerc's was, though. No, Leclerc's was a heck of a. I mean, he, he hung it out, didn't he? Yeah. he? Really hung it out the whole way around the corner. It was on the dirty stuff the whole time. Like they were side yeah. by side, just to look at. It's like a piece of art, isn't it, to watch? Properly brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so that's Leclerc then, and then... Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? Um, what do you think? It's a tough one. I mean, there's an obvious <clears> one, isn't there? It's, it's tricky. It's team orders one, but I, I don't think you can really give it a WTF because it was such a logical decision. Like, they were, they did it right. They did what they had to do. Yeah, just because um, we don't like it doesn't make it wrong. It, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. and it, it didn't... Like, if you're giving it to a, one of those, it's when you completely ruin the other driver's race as a consequence. So, yeah, it's that's not the case in this at all, is it? So, um, yeah, um, there's the Toro Rosso think, door retirement, which is kind of a scary yeah, one. Yeah, I think like, for me, bit... it's, it is that because that's the thing that I find pretty scary is the fact that those two cars had extremely similar failures not very far into the race um, and they could have both ended up a lot worse, you know, stopping at that speed um, so suddenly. yeah. Um, there was another moment where Sirotkin found himself sandwiched between, I think, Sainz and someone else really early on 
Um, but it was just the race start, and I don't think you can really, you know, you can't really call it a WTF moment because it's a race yes. start. So probably the Toro Rosso. I'd say yeah, I think I want to give it to the Toro Rosso's. Chris, do you have an opinion? The only thing that springs to mind is once again um, Putin turning up with about five <laughs> laps to go. Yes, still chaperoned by Bernie, who's got nothing to do with F1 anymore. Who's looking more and more Ooh. like an old timey film villain every day? Yeah, he does. He looks like Bugsy, like a Bugsy Malone bad guy. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, um, like I don't, I, yeah, I don't know why he's still there chaperoning old Putin. But he's his best bud. I've got, um, I've got into one of the my, room of awkward. I've got one of my favorite. One of my. I've got a comment from a internet person. Um, <laughs> he says, "I was just thinking that I had never seen an unhappier F1 podium." Dot dot dot. And Putin showed up and handed out the trophies. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, pretty much. Me, that one made me chuckle. I also noticed, I'm not going to say, and I'm not going to say, I'm deliberately not going to say the name of the sponsor because I don't like the sponsor of this mm. race. But um, the sponsor is the most corrupt, kind of <laughs> gobble, gobbly uppy corporation. So I don't know who they are. Yeah. They, oh, they, okay, they, okay. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. A, they're a bank, and they're, they're the, right, basically yes. the, the government bank of the of, of Russia. Right. And they're just eating up other corporations all around the world, and it's really dark. So, And I've just done them a favour by even mentioning them, and yeah. people are going to look at, go and find out who they were and things, so I feel annoyed at myself now, but never mind. I also saw um, when... when Putin was awkwardly talking to the drivers via a translator, which I'm almost <laughs> oh, certain. It's so bizarre. He can definitely I'm, speak English. He can definitely. definitely speak English, can't he? Yeah. He's choosing not to. <laughs> yeah. He said to Hamilton something like, careful you don't spray me with champagne this year. Yeah. And Hamilton was like, oh, I think that was someone else. And then I saw someone cut together a video of that. Then he just cuts to last year's podium. And it was definitely <laughs> Hamilton who sprayed him with champagne last year. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I was going to make a political joke. Cool. But I'm um, going to so in conclusion, I don't want this podcast. In conclusion, you know what? You know what? You know what? No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to WTF moment, and my WTF moment is going to be Vladimir Putin showing up to the race with ten laps to go and refusing what to speak the English. Fuck is that about? <laughs> yeah. Just, just that whole room of awkward being at its most awkward. Yeah. That's oh, that's my it. I'm 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 superseding all of the WTF moments. Hell that with is, you. That is the WTF moment. I can of accept the, of the week. Um, okay, I'm going to do a bit of news. Really bit quick. Bit can't speak now. Really quick bit of news. Um, Kvyat was confirmed for Toro Rosso as we covered last episode. Um, just about we will talk conjecture back then, but that's being confirmed. And there is an idea to run four qualifying sessions instead of three next season. Um, Shall we talk about Kvyat first? Anyone got anything to say about Kvyat? Not much that we didn't say last week, to be honest. Um, yeah, we've I've, we've covered it enough, I, I think, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, I feel like we've covered it. Just, it. It's official now. Yeah, it is official. Good, I just good, to... good for him, but I'm not sure it's necessarily the most exciting thing for the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the idea to run four. Qual- have you seen this? The idea to run four qualifying sessions next season instead of three. I have. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that as an idea? I don't think it's a terrible idea. It's. Is, it's, it, a bit, it's... is it a bit knee jerk after Q two? Yeah, possibly. It's going to add a bit <laughs> more unpredictability. There's even more scope for the top people to slip yeah, up. I guess. To mess up. Yeah. 
um, they'd pro- possibly need more tires for it. I don't know. Yeah, well, I was going to say it opens up the possibility of having an exclusive qualifying tire for the final. Yeah, session. which is yeah. a good point they might as well do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the the sort of light bulb that lit up above my head when I read that. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think give it a try. They can always. I mean, the, last time they tried to change quality, they went back on themselves with an acute few races. So it's <laughs> yeah, that's always, like two weeks. Yeah, it's always possible <laughs> yeah. to go back if you need to. Give it a whirl. Um, maybe give it a whirl during testing, though, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and not during an actual <laughs> official race weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, shall we do some inbox? Um, just one last bit of news that I've noticed that's oh. appeared today. Um, uh, Ferrari team principal Maurizio Rivabene is apparently on the shortlist to become the new general director of uh, Juventus, um, <laughs> making that classic leap from F1 yeah. to football. Um, so, yeah, we may be seeing yet another change of hands at Ferrari for next season. Yeah. Um, which, uh, that might be a nice convenient thing to happen. Then again, Ferrari don't normally wait for convenience, do they? They just turf people out when they've had enough of them. Um but yeah, I've, I've, I've felt for a while like Rivabene's time at Ferrari might be coming to an end, given that they still haven't won a championship. Yeah. Um, mm. After just chopping and changing their team principles several times over the last decade. Um, so yeah, we may be getting a new one next season. In, in fairness to them, they've tried to let it settle with one for a while, which is yeah. unlike what they'd been in, in previous years leading up to this. So in fairness credit to them for actually giving him opportunity to set things in motion and have a go at it but if it's not working it's not working or you know if he's potentially lo- you know losing the interest in it yeah um, he's he's definitely the longest serving one we've had in a while isn't he yeah mm, I, I don't really have much of an opinion on it to be honest I think they'll if they change him they change him they've changed managers before and you don't really see much difference I've I've not really seen any difference with this guy to what they do. Not with a Dominic huge Carly, one, so. no. So yeah, I think behind the scenes, probably the guy making more dif- dif- difference was um, Sergio Maggioni. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, sadly he's he passed away, didn't he? So, um, Boulier for the job. <laughs> oh God, yeah. for the job. Yeah, Maybe. he's managed most of the teams on the grid. He might as well have a go at Ferrari. Yeah. Exactly, might as well have a pop. Yeah. Right, let's stop slagging off Ferrari and let's uh, <laughs> let's let's do some inbox. Give me a. I'm not. I'm trying to find Eric a job. <laughs> <laughs> give, give, give me a break. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll quickly rattle through some inbox. Um, Anders Varda says uh, Leclerc passing Magnussen was maybe the coolest looking overtake of the year. Um, which, Agreed. Yeah, thinking about Agreed. Um, Mercedes saying a blister on Hamilton's tyre was the reason he should let him buy was just weak it was said over the team radio and I haven't seen anyone mention it Um, what I did see was um, Uh, there was a blister there was a blister well I did see Vettel at the end of the race rolling Hamilton's Mercedes along with his foot to have a look at his tyres did you see that? yeah yes I did I I read an interesting theory about that earlier but it's too much conjecture for me to say on here so I'm not going to fair enough Uh, he always also adds Verstappen his king um Actually, yeah, Thomas Morgan mentioned that. Was said, was Vettel actually allowed to move Hamilton's car to check for the blister on the rear tyre? Is there a park Fermé type rule? I had a quick look to try and figure it out, and I couldn't see anything specifically saying yes or no. But um, yeah, because you you often see 
drivers having a nose in the cockpit and sort of around the diffuser of other cars. Yeah, they, they never, never actually touch. touch, do they? Yeah, they're yeah. always hands behind their backs, firmly having a little... Yeah, yeah. maybe it's different that you touch the tyre and not the car, because that's technically Pirelli's property and not Mercedes. Yeah, I wonder if he left a footprint mm. in the tyre, because those tyres would have still been warm. Yeah, maybe. And they're super soft stuff, so... Anyway, sorry, boring. <laughs> Next. Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> one. <laughs> Craig Mitchell says, desperate move by Vettel. Um, I assume he means the defensive move down the main straight. Um, yeah. Proof that even he thinks he's lost the championship. I don't know about um, that. He's defending position. That's, that's a bit harsh. He, I, he definitely has the demeanour of someone who knows it's slipping out of his grip, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah then again, I I, if that was true, I think he'd probably have fought a lot harder through turn three and four being a bit more of an ass, but <laughs> <laughs> there we go um even if lewis opts to swap trophies is it the same although i imagine once lewis wraps up the championship he'll no doubt make sure bottas gets his win next time as one too as we mentioned earlier yep. not sure he's quite the same as winning one outright yeah. uh thomas de morgan said it's tough isn't it bottas deserves a win but points are vital in such a close championship will be interesting to see how far ahead lewis and merck are uh, about Vettel and Ferrari by the end of the year to see if this was a rash move. And then he adds Max was great, which we can agree with. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think until we actually see the final points table, it's impossible to say whether Mercedes did the right thing or not, isn't it? But then yeah, hindsight we could, I mean, we could is get a wonderful to Abu thing. Dhabi. We, could, we could easily get to Abu Dhabi and it literally be down to the wire. Yeah, and, easily. And we'll all sound like idiots when we listen <laughs> to this one, which... People will. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, Bradley Lever, uh, I was really hoping they would switch back like Force India did. Bottas has had a mediocre season, but when he does perform well, the team just pushed him aside. It's not right. Which, yeah, as a bit of a Bottas fan, I completely agree with that. He's not had... He's had a very on and off season, and every time he's been in a position to win, something has gone against him. Um, and sadly, yeah. this time it was his own team. Um that's life uh, have a question for you two guys um, who do you think will win the that's life versus Chris prediction league challenge my calculations make it 3-3 at this stage is that right is it 3-3 free, free? I'm not certain to be honest but let's have a look back. that feels right let's have a look backofthegrid.com is the website <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> when we started counting to... from to count back to be honest uh, well they I think they previously scored two points and you'd scored a fat nothing yes but I've what have they scored this week? Or did they score one point, maybe? And they've got two this week. Yeah, maybe. They'd got yeah. one point. There was a week where you both had nothing, then a week where Dats Life scored one and you didn't. Yes, three, three, three this week right. you scored two, and then you've scored three, which we'll get to in more detail in a minute. Yeah, um, okay. It depends on if Chris keeps copying me, because that's what got him. Hey, now. Banter. I'm going to deliberately ask Chris before you every time this time. <laughs> well, so he can't copy me. Yeah, so he can't copy you. Um, next, next one. Um, Phil, Mark. Phil Mark. Yeah, this is an interesting this is a one. Big one. This is a big question. This. I, 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 yeah. Um, so he basically said McLaren used to be a dominant team, and they're now way off winning races. Same with Williams and Alonso's time at Renault. It's happened to Ferrari for a while. Um, basically said, do you think F1 has a circle of life? Teams are good, then fall back for a few years, and then become good and winning again. Will Williams, McLaren, and Renault ever see success again? Um, I think there is a bit of truth to that, especially teams that maybe don't have the biggest budget but manage to get to the front if you as soon as you're spending time and resources and money developing for one championship you're instantly on the back foot for the next one 
Um, yeah. I think it's probably more like the regulations that generate this, though, isn't it? Um, the same team it's, is not going to nail new regulations every single time. Yeah, it's yeah. it's about when... Uh, for me, I think it's about when regulation changes who you've got on staff yeah. as well as other factors as well. But whether it's an engine regulation and you've got a good team building an engine, which is what Mercedes have had, whether you know, you're going back to your Williams era of like dominance that was to do Aero with technology aerodynamics and and electronic technology yeah. and, and things like that and just like being at the forefront of pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable within the rules and stuff um red bull's dominance primarily came from brilliant aero from newest so yeah like it, it it does definitely go in peaks and troughs and i think yeah. it just depends on what's changing in the regulations at the time and who's on your staff at that time because in an era where um, engine power's king, you know, Newey's aero expertise is obviously not doing Red Bull as much of a favour as it did five years ago. Or yeah. It was. yeah, it almost so. feels like there's an imbalance this year. It's, it's almost like there's too much weight towards the engine now and not enough on the rest mm. of the car, doesn't it? But, I mean, that's just that's how it is. That's a different answer to a different question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Williams, McLaren, and Renault see success ever again? Um, if they can stay in Formula think, One, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think Renault. Given I think for time sure in the sport, Renault appear the most likely of the three at the minute to get somewhere near it, don't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, an, an infinite number of monkeys writing on an infinite <laughs> number of typewriters for an infinite number of years will eventually we'll win a write, world championship. We'll win a world yeah. championship <laughs> for Formula One. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that answers that one perfectly. Next yeah. question. <laughs> I think you, have you got a couple of emails for us, Tom? Yeah, there was a couple came in on email. Uh, Aaron Griffiths said, um, as always, podcast is great. So keep it all coming. But would you rather be a confirmed number two in a top team uh, and never be a world champion or a confirmed equal in a mid-pack team with a chance to steal a win occasionally? <sighs> That's a very good question. Would you rather? We're playing would it, you rather. Yeah. Yeah. I like these would you rather questions. Get more of those in. Well, there's there's a challenge to the list that's yeah, come yeah. up with more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you Absolutely. think, guys? Points for the most creative. Um, uh, <laughs> I would rather be... I'd rather be number two in a top team because you get paid better and you've got, <laughs> you've got more chance... Uh, and you've got more chance to show what you can do. Yeah. It's, especially if you are younger than the incumbent driver. Yeah. Um... Because A, think... you can wait around for them to retire and B, the yeah. defect, you know, take over that mantle. Or also, you never know when you're going to get a Eddie Irvine situation where suddenly your number one teammate breaks his leg and you have to step up and you be are the, the number one. The number one. The yeah. thing that the thing that was key in the question for me was you would never be a world champion if you were in that position. So yeah. I'd actually go with the mid pack with a chance to steal wins because I think the wins would mean a little bit more if you were like that guy winning for Force India or winning for Williams or whoever it was that's like a one of those teams that's not considered one of the big guns anymore. Um, I think that'd mean a little bit more. Like you know, a podium to those teams is massive. So imagine what a win would be. So I think I'd rather be that a mid a mid pack team, and uh, get a couple of wins in my career for them. Mm. But then surely you've already been that if you've got the chance to be in a top team. Not necessarily. Lewis walked straight into McLaren. 
Yeah, true. Yeah, and then won a title the year after, nearly won one in his rookie season. It's a spe- special case, though, is it? Same with Leclerc. Leclerc's like kind of a special case. Like it's, he's, he's always been part does of happen, that family. Though. It does happen. It does happen. But for the majority, it's it's you you kind of have to work your way up and earn it a little bit, don't you? Yeah. Um, and let's uh, let's be honest. Hamilton's done his time in midfield teams. You know, McLaren were distinctly midfield. <laughs> yeah, for, not by design. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. For quite a while. So, and then. And now they're not even that, are they, at the minute? But that's a whole answer to a whole other question again. Yeah. Aaron did also ask something else, um, which is, would any of us be interested in watching the Bathurst 1000 endurance race? It does clash with the Japanese GP, but it's also Australia's biggest race. Um, Jensen is apparently a huge fan uh, and always wanted to do it. And Earl Bamber, of all people, is making his debut at that mountain uh, as the co-driver for the championship leader. So... Bathurst Do we think El Bamba would be any good? Um, well, I don't well, know who that is, so I couldn't tell you. You don't know who El Bamba is? He's a Le Mans 24-hour winner. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh. of course. I know I reckon I was, was trying to figure out who he was. He was Hulkenberg's teammate when the year Hulkenberg ah, won yes. it. And he was also Brendan Hartley's teammate with uh, Bernhard oh, in 2017, last last year. Um, what he's doing now? In answer and to he's the question... a lot of Porsche stuff. But, um, yeah. I actually really, really enjoy... Supercars, um, Australian Aussie V8. Racing. Yes, V8, V8 supercars. Yeah, um, and I think that's what this is. Is it? Is it the supercars? Ooh, that's a question. Don't I quote me on that. I don't follow to. it close enough to. Th- I know the circuit and I know the event, but I don't know <laughs> what the cars are. I'm on the website and it looks like it is supercars championship. Yeah, so Does that be the supercars. Yeah, and there's lots of pictures of the supercars <laughs> as well. So that would point towards <laughs> the evidence suggests that it is them um hmm. if you know if i'm if i'm up and if 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 i can find it then i'll watch it i'll watch any race yeah for me it's more about the accessibility of it i'd have to see where you could watch it here in the uk or find a way to watch it on the internet yeah. <laughs> but at, at this stage we are just discussing our weekend plans so shall we yeah. <laughs> shall we go into the next question well it, in terms of answering the old bamba thing what do you, how do you guys think oh, you do the, anyone who's successful in Le Mans seems to be the kind of driver that can just turn their hand to anything so yeah. based yeah. on that alone I think he'll probably be alright yeah He's, he's got endurance pedigree, so I'm sure it'll go great. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like he's slotting into a team where he's got a decent chance of, of being competitive as well. Yeah. I'm so, sold. I'm, I'm actually excited about this race now. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if he's so, a top car. Awesome. Gonna, it should be good. Cool. Sold. Thanks, yeah. Aaron. Um, and then the last one, we've got another one from what is now the MasterCard Lola Department of Good Ideas. <laughs> um, so get ready for some <laughs> opinions, people. really want to uh, know who this is. <laughs> well, I, I think I've cottoned on to the MasterCard Lola Department of Good Ideas because they only did like two races, didn't they? And then backed out when they were Lola. So this is the second so, one yeah. for this. So I've got a feeling that this is going to change name again soon. But anyway, the opinions. Um, it's really fitting that the Russian GP poisons Vettel's chance of winning uh, anything of note of Ferrari. Next year, he will likely be uh, he will likely be killed by Leclerc in the same way Ivan Drago <laughs> got killed by Apollo Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Love a Rocky reference. <laughs> oh my um, it hasn't uh, it hasn't been a good week for Vettel, but at least he hasn't been slapped in the face with an immense stack of Canadian money or run over by a Russian <laughs> pretending to be a heat-seeking missile like Ocon has. 
Uh, Force Stroll didn't even make him a brand ambassador like Sauber have with Ericsson, which, to be honest, the concept of a Sauber brand ambassador baffles me. I can't think of a brand <laughs> more unremarkable and anonymous as Sauber, but it's really the perfect fit if you think about it. That's exactly why they need a brand ambassador, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I just like that it is a perfect fit if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> for, for Ericsson. <laughs> I like that a lot. So. Absolutely savage, honestly. Oh, this guy. Every week. Oh, this and person. I, I don't even know if it's male or female. I should say this person. Yeah, this, this person um, yeah. entertains us week in, week out, so keep it coming. Yeah, keep them coming, mate. Oh, yeah. Um, shall we do some predictions? Yes. Okay. It's Japanese Grand Prix next weekend. Um, and, yeah. We should probably mention last week's. Oh, yes. Yeah, we should actually. Yeah, do you, does someone want to go through last week's and I'll then do? Ask I would prediction. absolutely love to. Um, <laughs> well, you're not allowed. I'm doing it. <laughs> fine. No, it's fine. Go, on, go ahead. I'll let you um, have your moment. I, I I got three points this week. Yeah, that's the first time all season I've scored more than two. Yay, Chris. Um, Tom, Tom, you got two points. Stu, you only got one for Hamilton winning. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Yes. As for everybody else, I was actually equal top scorer, which is which wow. probably shows how bad a week it was. From there were uh, nowhere to somewhere. Six <laughs> of us got three points, and um, the others being uh, Michael Liu, Aaron Griffiths, Kevin Cosgrave, Tim Stroyer, I believe that is, and Duncan Monday. Um, which means the overall standings now. Um, Oleg Sidorov is still on top with twenty-four and a half points. Henry Lindoff in second with 21. Dominic Poole just behind on 20 and a half. Um, you guys are on Tom, your 12th. Stu, your 13th on 16. Actually, no, you're equal with 16 points each. Equal 12th. Uh, and I am rocketing up the leaderboard into 43rd place now with eight oh, and boy. a half points for the season. I actually have more than half of your total now, so that makes me happy. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. Good. That's something. Uh, Small how victories. Many, how many points are left on the table? How many? What's the potential a week? It's five points five. To get a week, can't you? So there's so, 25 left. Potentially 25 to go. So I'm still if catching you guys. nailed every single yeah, week, yeah, which is... Are, I don't think we've ever had a perfect week from anyone ever. We haven't. We've come close. So, no. But we, we've never yeah. had... Hey, a, some, someone's got to be the first to do it. Why not me? Someone's got to be the first to do it. <laughs> five times in a five row. Five times in a row. Yeah, yeah. Season um, champion. Cool. Okay, shall we make some predictions for next week? Let's. Let's. Okay, let me find my page. Um, Chris. <laughs> oh, you make me go first. Since you, were, <laughs> since you were so good. Damn it. Who is your fastest qualifier? I mean, this is, this is a no-brainer for next week. Fastest qualifier in Q3 before penalties. I think... It's, I mean, it's Mercedes, isn't it? It's another Mercedes yeah. track. It's yeah. got to be Hamilton, surely. It's got to be, hasn't it? It's got to be It's got to be. I'll tell you, uh, mine's I, Hamilton as well. So Tom. yeah, um, I think it's hard to look past him at the minute, to be honest. Yeah, um, I'll go first. This one, I'm going to say Hamilton for the win because I'm boring. Chris before Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's Hamilton. It's boring, but I think it's, it's double so hammer game. So boring, Tom. So boring. Um. Gonna we didn't do the usual thing. Who did the th- who won last year? Uh, last year it was Hamilton, it's obviously. Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we qualified first as well last year. Mad scenes and Vettel. Ooh. 
mad scenes. Absolute scenes. Vettel. Vettel's going to win the championship. It's got to happen at uh, some point. And Tom, you can go first this time. First DNF. Why have Chris copies me? <laughs> it wouldn't be wouldn't uh, be fair for mad me to scenes. make Chris copies every time. Mad, mad scenes. scenes. Hamilton. <laughs> Stop Ooh. saying, saying Madsy. Ooh, I like your He's style. He's going for though. it. Um, uh, oh, ah, I see where you've gone for Vettel there. Okay, I'm going to say... I can't say Hamilton because I'll go down for the win. Um, and I'd be doing myself out of a potential... You have stopped me copying you there, Tom. Not that I would have copied you anyway. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate way. First hmm. DNF. I look like a genius if it pays off at least. You will. <laughs> so last race, the first DNF was um, Brendan Hartley with the two re- re- one of the two retiring um, Ericsons. Last season at Japan, the first retirement was Carlos Sainz, also in a Toro Rosso. So will Toro Rosso make a hat trick of retirement first retirements in the Japanese Grand Prix this year? I think probably. So I'm going to say Gasly. Oh, I was no, thinking sorry, the other sorry, one. No, sorry, sorry, Hartley. So, oh, oh, that's, well, you, that's who I was thinking of. You, you have Hartley, I'll have Gasly. I want Hartley. All right, well, okay. we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll share the Toro Rossos. Yeah. Um, oh, you're going to be so good if it ends up being Hartley now, Stu. <laughs> uh, I'm far enough ahead of Chris, they didn't really matter. Uh, Ooh, ouch. Burn. Burn. <laughs> Number of finishes, Chris. Uh, we had five retirements last year. Um, we did. Does, is this a track that punishes mistakes? Yes, it is very much so, which is yeah. why I think. Ooh, here's a question: Have we Hartley. seen a weather report? I Ooh. was looking. I tried that line. Um, it may rain Friday practice, but looking clear for Saturday and Sunday at the moment. Okay, I'm gonna go sixteen then. Sixteen. Oh, the magic number sixteen, Tom. Slightly less and similar to last year in fifteen. Fifteen. I'm gonna say seventeen then. Interesting. And then, Chris, can we have a random driver? Please? You can. Roman Grosjean. Grosjean, mm. great one. Uh, where did Grosjean finish last race? He finished, you ask, he finished, last year he finished eighth in the Haas. And last race, he finished 11th in the Haas. It's really tight, you know, that that That, that midfield, so midfield, impossible. That area is just really difficult to predict. Um, I think Magnussen will beat him, so his teammate will at least finish ahead of him. The Force Indias are looking a little bit quicker than the Haas's as well, so I think Grosjean will. I think eleventh is about right for Grosjean. I think that's. I'm going to go eleventh. Well, you've done the exact same process of deduction as me, and I am also going to say eleventh because I, in my head, have got the top six above him. His teammate, the Force Indias, and probably Leclerc all above him. So, mm. 11th for me. Um, Are you saying 11th, Chris? You need to be different, mate. If you're gonna if you're gonna catch us up, you need to say. No, I think I'm gonna go 10th. I think we're gonna lose one of the top six in that mix as well. So I'm gonna go 10th. But, well, yeah, I, so I've go, just contradicted myself because I've got Hamilton as a DNF. So, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, you were, you, were, you were talking about absolute scenes, so there will be absolute scenes. Grosjean's gonna win first. No, 
Right, that's that. <laughs> that that's, that's the predictions dealt with. <laughs> that's, the, that's the episode dealt with at this point. <laughs> yeah, it is. you can submit your predictions at backofthegrid.com and there is a prize every week for anybody who can get a clean sweep as well as a prize for the season champion. Um, please like, share and subscribe to our lovely podcast. It helps us no end. You would not believe how much. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. We're on Facebook if you search Back of the Grid. And we are on Instagram at Back of the Grid. And as I mentioned, there's the website, backofthegrid.com. Um, and that's it from us. So it's uh, goodbye from all of us. See ya. Bye. Bye. Nostrovia. What does that mean? Cheers. Nice one. It's Russian. This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more.